Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. I am back after a 12-day tour, a book tour to help make sure my lovely friend, Brian Kent, showed up even bigger in the world. He is an amazing guy. You're going to love this show. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Ken. Uh, back from the New York experience uh, down in sunny North Carolina today. Well, awesome. So we have a, a big conversation to have today. I mean, you, you and I have become fast friends in roughly, what, a month? We didn't even know each other six weeks ago or something. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, two months now. We met uh, the first week of October. All oh, right. November. Yeah. Well, we have uh, we have a couple of things I want to share. First of all, our sponsors today, we have uh, Amplifluence.com, which is really the perfect publishing vibe tribe. It's uh, the book tour that brings the community together. And I think uh, Brian will edify that the experience in New York, that's a tribe. And that was a very small taste of it, Brian. I mean, we have 30 or 50 people there. You feel like you got a brotherhood. You got uh, you got people that got your back. So there you go. Um, you know, there's there's a big distinction, I would say, between the book being handed to you, the baby being handed to you, and the good luck message, and someone that says, all right, we got this thing that's going to make a difference in the world. Let's go show the world that this is important. So you and I are just in the beginning stages, but it, it has been a lot of fun. You're, uh, you're going to be in the future, Rhode Island. And, and you weren't born in Rhode Island, were you? No, but that's only the second time I've ever been there. Well, we, we were as I'll speak for the state when I say we were happy to have you. Um, and so we have perfect publishing. We have, uh, you know what, I'm going to give some love to my son. I haven't seen him in 12 days. He is a sponsor of the show. And uh, I have your bio handy here. So without my glasses, I'm going to do my, you know what, I got some glasses I found here. Let me see if this helps me a little bit. Nope, that does not help. We're not going to use those glasses. Let me see if these glasses work, Brian. And always have Glasses that work. No, those don't work either. Okay. So Dr. Brian Kent is a global leader and senior consultant focusing on international and domestic operations. Over the past three decades, he has worked in multiple levels of leadership with several government agencies to build partner capacity and provide strategy for integration across the Department of Defense, DOD, and state DOS, as well as with commercial companies. This work is in emerging technologies focuses on the areas of intelligence, surveillance, Reconnaissance, ISR, data, biometrics, and logistics. Now, Brian, you gave me a very nice one sheet. I'm not going to deny it. it's probably one of the best one sheets, but I think I just want people to hear who you are because you're you're not just a super smart guy and a strategist. And can I say it? Can I say it? The the the, the by this time next year, the king of strategy. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can we do that? If you're being prophetic, Ken, let's go for it. <laughs> I am being prophetic. So. I could read all the wonderful things you've done, but really the best thing I can say about you is you are a down-to-earth guy who knows how to win at chess and business and in life. And you have wonderful relationships. You nurture them. You cause them to get tons of value. And so we're going to talk about how you did this, how you became who you are, and then we're also going to talk about your vision and what you're doing with some of your books, because this was your first book, right? Yeah, this was my first published book. Uh, of course, my dissertation is published. 
Okay. Yeah, they are. This, this bad boy, the R factor. And when I heard the R, I thought it was the Roshan. I mean, I I didn't know that we were going. <laughs> well, you're publisher, a little plagiarism there. I got you. <laughs> so the R factor will change your life in 2024. I mean, relationships will always change your life. And what you put into them is what you get out of them. So I have this thing about uh, partnership. And it's about how much are you willing to commit unconditionally? And I believe the perfect partnership is when two or more people agree to compete to unconditionally give more than the other. And I want to tell you, Brian, you play that game well. I mean, you play the game of we're going to go the distance and we're going to figure out lots of big things together because synergy is a very big part of your life. You actually put things together beautifully. And that's a strategist. So there's obviously something that happened in your life that caused you to be this amazing person, this amazing leader that you are. So let's go back in time and find out who is Dr. Brian Kent. So where were you born? I was born in Tallahassee, Florida, home of the Seminoles, but we won't get into football right now. Now, I thought you were in Boston because your accent kind of dictates more of a, a New Englander accent. Oh, no. My R's are way shorter than a Bostonian. <laughs> you know, it was great breaking bread with you because you are you 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 know, you have the gift that uh, my my good friend Cowboy Joe Marquis has that cowboy wisdom. You have so much lovely wisdom. Did I give you one of his books? I got a chance to read it while I was with you, but there's definitely a lot of those uh, one day pearls of wisdom in his book that uh, I can see them coming from me at different times. Well, I love his book so much. The The problem is I give it to people I love. And so I'm actually out of them. I, I For the last four shows, I've said, pick a number and I go to that page and I read it. And it's it's engagement and comic relief like I've never seen. He's like the Mark Twain of today. So, and I think when I've had, I've broken bread with you, or I should say broken ramen, because we've, we've broken some ramen together too. You have, you've shared some enlightening, but also very humorous uh, wits and wisdom. So. And some Rhode Island chili dogs. <laughs> you need to, you need to snuck that in. And, and they're wieners, by the way. They're, they're, they're New York systems and they're wieners. 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 You know what they, yeah, the, the R, you stole the R and put it in R factor. There's no R in Wiener. Okay. <laughs> so um, your childhood, your parents, what would you like to share about maybe a defining moment? What was it like? Uh, one, I think both my parents were, you know, state focused on keeping us disciplined. Uh, they separated when I was young, but uh, both stayed involved in my life uh, all the way through. Then, of course, my mother remarried, had a stepfather who was very involved in shaping kind of my work ethic. Um, in what had, way? Say again? In what way? Both of uh, my stepfather and my father both worked, you know, one or two or three jobs, depending on what they wanted to do or what they were trying to do. So they had a really good work ethic. Uh, we definitely grew up, uh, you know, I won't even say middle class, probably right at the bottom end of middle class. But uh we just uh, used a lot of common sense. You know, I left the city when, of Tallahassee, which is not a big city, and we moved out to our farm, which is where you actually get to use, uh, you get to use common sense out there. You don't have uh, the tools that a big engineering firm does, but you still got to do the same work and be safe doing it. So you have to mm -hmm. use common sense with a lot of the problems. There's a lot of problems that you don't have the equipment for that you have to think through the first, second, third order effects of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, to make sure you're safe and you still got to get the job done. So it made me at an early age, watching both my father and my stepfather 
focus on, you know, how to be successful, how to use limited resources, and how to use the tools they had to be successful. That's uh, problem solving at the highest level. That's street problem solving. That's right. Did you, uh, did your dad and mom, did they read? Did they tell you a book to read? Did you read a book that caused you to be really more prolific? Actually, Ken, um, today you would never guess, but I actually was almost at 10 years in the Army before I read my first book. Wow. In high school, I normally skimmed through them. They were easy to write essays. I finished a bachelor's degree, and you never really had to read a whole book. Mm-hmm. And my first book, actually, that I picked up and read cover to cover, um, great American, Colin Powell, I read his autobiography. Well, I remember when we first talked and you used the word this, and you said, this is a big word. And I was very proud of you that you used it. <laughs> and this is a big word. Um, <laughs> whenever you say this, because uh, it can apply to a lot of things. So, um, I, Anything else you want to share about your wisdom you got, your any strategies that you got from your dad and mom? Well, uh, not really from my dad and mom. Like they were both uh, working class uh, parents and really just provided the discipline uh, to, to stay on task and really just kept us focused. The biggest thing for them was to get an education and, you know, find a good job, work hard. The typical thing you hear about the American uh, employee which was very interesting because uh, my father's never really been an employee. He's a lot of times been an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, much like myself and my brother. So it uh, is definitely different to look back now at uh, the education system and see how different I look at it now as an adult than I did as a child. When did you learn the word entrepreneur from a standpoint of actually identity? Probably not till my early 30s. I would say I uh, joined the Army at 17. Uh, left the Why did you do that, Brian? Well, I grew up in uh, rural North Florida, and the jobs there are either you're going to be a farmer or you're going to be a prison guard. And mm-hmm. either one of those jobs really excited me as a potential career. I can't imagine that. I mean, you're the kind of guy that would really thrive in that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, in both of those jobs, you know the rules. <laughs> so they're easy to follow to be successful. Um, at that time, it was uh, the slogan, which the Army has just came back to, was be all you can be. And that really resonated with me, the commercials at that time, be all you can be. And then, of course, the commercial words, they were meeting, and the sun was just coming up. And it said, do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. And I've actually lived by that most of my life. Uh, oh, that's a, you're a machine, by the way. Uh, what, what's the slogan before uh, they returned to it? Be all you be all you can be. No, but what was the slogan before that? You said they returned to the slogan "Be all you can be." Oh, they've had Army of One. They've had three or four, and yeah, they be all you can be is dynamite. Why leave such a? It's, it's kind of like the Marines. They've never left. We're looking for a few good men. Right. It's it's a timeless slogan. The Army should have stayed with "Be all you can be" because it's really you can set your goals for the future. I mean, it's like it's like K Jewelers. We put the K and Kiss, right? I mean, like that. You got to stay with that one. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Once you find something good, quit trying to change it. But you know, it's it's kind of like a lot of these people today want to change the way you do math. Let's just keep math simple and get the answer right instead of all working all these problems and then still getting the same answer. You know, my son is legitimately and literally pissed about his 
math program because he has to show work that he can do in his head in two seconds. And he's like, Daddy, this this doesn't make sense. I have to show something. That, I mean, I really got it. And he does. He has some very good math skills. So it's it's hard as a parent to make them say, okay, now you have to put that plus sign in there. You got to put that even though you already well, I think the big thing, my math teacher, uh, Miss Parrish, I don't even remember her name. Um, she, we got a better grade. We, we actually showed our work, and the work showing the work was graded more than the answer. Because mm. that way she knew she could train you the right way to do it. Right. Well, it's like a program in a computer or a, a strategy you're creating. If there's one piece missing, it doesn't work. But if you find out all the details, you can say, oh, you forgot that conversation. Piece. Yeah, exactly. And strategies that way. As you and I talked uh, in New York, uh, it's really looking out there and, and how do you make a difference or how do you want to make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we broke some rules for you, Brian. Um, you know, we have a team just like anybody that's running a company needs to have. If you don't have a team, you're a one man show and a one man show. You probably got some legs missing on, on the on the strategy of how a, an entrepreneurial business should work. So. I sold you on the fact that we were going to move fast with you, but I have to tell you, you move fast. I'm very proud of the fact that you caused us to step up. Probably on the one hand, I can count out our 700 books that we've moved the pace that you move. <laughs> I say lead follower, get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. So you had a big event coming up and I, I, I want to talk to the audience and we're not talking as much about what, how you created who you are. So I do want to take a little diversion here and just say that, you are very strategic in every single thing you do. And when I talked about your book, you said, I said, you have an event coming up. You go, I have a really big event. And what was that event? Because I, I actually flew out to see you at that event. It was uh, the 100 Millionaire Summit hosted by Walter. Yeah, and Walter uh, is amazing. Yeah, so he invited me to come speak on setting goals and accountability. And that was the catalyst for or the deadline to get the kind of the book ready to go uh, to release at that event, because that was really, we wanted to focus on some of the chapters in the book for some of the uh, TED talk style work that he wanted me to do on stage. And I just want to say that for me to meet you, I had to go to an event that I recently just spoke at called rock your life. And it's uh, it's Craig Duswald, who was the road manager for guns and roses and air supply. If, if I hadn't, Taking an invitation from Dr. Michelle Mraz, and, and you have not met her yet? I have not. Okay. So Dr. Michelle Mraz, who is basically the reason why you're going to have a 52 strategy. I mean, it's, it's called Checkmate. Checkmate. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't understand the power of what a compilation book can do to propel and market over a two-year period every single person that's involved in it. So she invited me to Craig Duswell's event, and I met Walter there. Oh, wow. Okay. And Walter and I hit it off because, I mean, one, we have great haircuts, but two, he's got a great sense of humor and he's, he's a, he's a heart-driven leader. And uh, we talked and he said, you know, you're cool, man. Come on up to my hundred millionaire summit. And I was, I was blown away that just a conversation I had with him qualified me to come out and meet all the amazing people he surrounds himself with. I mean, Vinny smiles and, uh, what are some of the other people there that you met? That Doug you met? McGurk was there. Uh, yeah, Doug. there. Uh, There's so many great people. I mean, there was. They were great. There were several and, and people there that uh, and several of them, you know, as, as Galter's mission statement is he wants to build millionaires and be helpful 
to help all people become wealthy or at least uh, self-sufficient and live the dream they want. And uh, it's it's even more stuff that dream. Well, Brian's even one more step than that. He wants to create a hundred millionaires that create their own hundred millionaires. That's correct. Yeah, and that that's that's vision. That's real vision. Uh, so, <clears throat> if I hadn't gone out to that event, I wouldn't have met those people, and I wouldn't have clicked with Vinny, for instance, and Doug, and and just people that said, "Hey, this guy's part of your tribe. This guy belongs in the tribe." And so, he gave me uh, you technically as a person. I get to the the privilege to work with, but Jen Sullivan, Jen's pen was doing some amazing work with you. And she says, Hey, if you want to have some impact with a book, talk to Ken. And Jen was great. Uh, she and I met through Galter and some of his team, uh, Gary Eckers actually who introduced us, but, uh, Jen and I worked for a couple of months and it was for her the first time they took a book and actually wove, we wove the story through the book to keep the learning and the and the piece to the piece of, of learning and capsulization in the book, so you didn't lose it. Matter of fact, I've had several people that know me say, "Man, you gave away the farm. Now how are you going to consult?" Because Jen did such a great job of capturing the detail and bringing it home uh, to to the office. Well, it's very few people that can write a book that gives the formula away, but still has the readers say, "I still need to." work with them. I still need to hire them because what you're really doing is you're saying, I know the formula and I know I'll get you the result. If you really know that for yourself, have at it. But it's very few people that can take all that download of 30,000 hours of all your strategy work, read the book and say, oh, I'm good to go. Let's, let's just write the same. So, That's true. I mean, they'll, they, they, you give them the template, but sometimes they still need the, uh, the teacher and in some cases, right? So what you're talking about strategic or strategy you know, you look at the front of the book and you see I have a PhD. Of course, I left the farm at 17. I uh, had taken one English course. And I never enrolled in school again. I just started taking classes. And then there was always a reason for me to finish the degree. Uh, whether it was for the Army, I needed to finish an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. And uh, so I never let a college tell me how to run my life. I built my education on what I thought I needed to be successful. And um, of course, now I didn't finish in four years, you know, from uh, start to finish was about 20 something years between starting my bachelor's degree and finishing my PhD. But it's built the way I want it built. I've taken the classes I want to take. And I think I've been successful in how I put it together because it's definitely given me a different look and a different evaluation of the way the world's built and things that I don't want in my life and things that I do. Well, when you look at the failure rate of authors, entrepreneurs, and people that get their masters and PhDs, it is a hack that's necessary. And a hack comes from a strategist. And a strategist has to get their bumps and bruises to bring something to the table that says, yeah, we've done it this way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work most of the time. So I went to seven colleges. I went to, and it, it was just an arduous amount of content and, and classes I want to take to figure out who I want to be. Right. And it, it's not, I mean, most people that take their college degree, they don't do what they studied. So there's something wrong with the system. Well, the challenge you got is they listen to the career counselors and the career counselors don't know their life. They're trying to make a decision to help these young kids after a 30 minute conversation. 
And I hate to see that. I mean, you know, and I've been part of academic. I've taught. I've ran centers inside universities. And I really, that is, if there's an area for the universities to clean up, is really, they need to quit trying to put kids in boxes. And let's figure out how they really think and move. You know, I think the only school I've seen that has a unique, I think Berkeley's just come design your own bachelor's degree. Of course, a lot of schools can't do that. But that's the, that was the first time I heard that. That really blew me away because a lot of kids, kids, that, I mean, they're not even kids, they're adults. They're, by the time you go to college, unless you're some type of protege, you're an adult. And sometimes we forget that in the United States too, that at 18, you're an adult. You need to make adult decisions. But as a young adult, they just need to figure out where they want to go in life and they need to figure it out faster and quit uh, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on education. Like you said, they finish a degree and then they're in debt for the rest of their life. Yeah, they're in debt because they, they don't like it. They don't like the career field they've chosen. Some of them figure that out by the time they're second sophomore semester and they still slug away for two more semesters instead of changing. Well, I got two examples for you that, and we're not going to spend too much time on this because this, this shows about you. It's a, it's about this and it's about what you're doing in 2024 to really help people create abundance. But I do want to just finish the, uh, the college conversation. So two pieces, one, the way they teach languages, it's like the opposite of the way the military teaches languages or the, the way another country would teach a language. So most military programs in most countries teach immersion. You cannot speak the native language. You need to speak this. And even if you have to just look dumb and you can't say anything, you can't say anything in your native language. In the college program, I took 13 languages, Brian. I still can't speak, but maybe two of them. And it was because I actually did an immersion situation in Mexico. I did an immersion situation in France, but they actually have to in college say, you're in this class, there is no English. Figure it out. Right. Teach the whole class in the foreign language. Yes. And then the other part about college, and as one strategist to another, you and I might do this work, and then we're going to do work with authors, speakers, leaders, entrepreneurs. But I think I would love to do work with you on creating an education system that really produces a product that is consistent with where they really want to go. Meaning, I want to be entrepreneur in this field, or I want to be whatever, and we backwards engineer it, because that's really what has to happen. There, I mean, when I tell you this book is going to be big, it's not because of where we're going, it's because of where you told me we need to be, and we're reverse engineering it. That's right. why. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we're going to be going to break in a little bit. Uh, so I want to save our purpose and our impact, but let's just talk a little bit about the New York experience since you you did get to see this in the big lights, the big jumbotrons. I did. I did. Was that a big was that a big jumbotron or what? So yeah, was it about forty or sixty feet? I mean, when you look at my um, my pictures, I look like a kind of a almost like one of those minion figures next to a big screen. So it was amazing, and of course, the beauty of that too again uh, is it's at Times Square. I mean, the place is bustling with people. There's people running in every different direction. There's noises, there's cars, there's horns, there's, and, you know, you're standing there and even you're six or eight feet from me. And, you, and some of that, some of the conversation we're having on the, the videos we're recording, you can't capture it all because there's so much noise in the background. But the experience uh, is a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, if you're an author and, and you haven't had that experience, uh, definitely can, can help you with that because that, 
for me was the first time I've done something like that. And it was truly amazing, Ken. I really appreciate it. And the rest of the trip. I mean, the, uh, the Jumbotron, some of the trip around New York, you know, I wish I'd have been feeling better. We could really capitalize on every day. But uh, the weather really wasn't that bad. So we could have really gotten around some. And then, of course, like you said, I think uh, with a crowd of about 20 or 30 people, it could be so dynamic. I mean, we had about 15, I think, 10 or 15. Well, in April, um, it may be our biggest crowd. I have Craig Dustwalt with Rock Your Life, and he's talking about possibly bringing 50 people. And with your uh, Checkmate book, you might bring 25 or 30. I mean, we get checkmate out, or we will get checkmate out. Oh, we're getting checkmate out by we'll February. We'll invite all 50 of those strategists. And, of course, you're right. But we can't do it in minivans then. We'll need two buses if he brings 50 and I bring 50. Yeah, for a, for a guy who wasn't feeling all that and and sucking down that mucilex, I got to tell you, you, you're the machine I already said you were because you said, hey, I, I feel like I'm, I'm half-stepping here. But really – you played big every minute you were there. And I saw you, uh, you didn't get to go to the, the Today Show Plaza. And that's being saved for your strategy book, your your checkmate. Looking forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, am I overstating this? When you saw your book on that big light and you got two days of it, when you saw it, it was one of your more proud moments in life. I mean, like having a child. Like, uh, can it... Um... First of all, when you write a book, it's it comes from your heart and your mind and just kind of what you want that piece to be. Um, but again, I think like you and I have discussed, it's the content that you're trying to get on paper. And then next is, how do you take it to where you can change people, right? How do you get it out there? And of course, the Jumbotron and the, you know, the Rhode Island Authors Expo, Places where you can get out and people can see it. And and I've actually in the last probably 120 days done more marketing for the book or myself than I have done in my whole career. I made the 5,000 list twice. Had an opportunity for somebody to write a book about me then and I didn't do it. Hindsight's 2020. But the to be able to do it and then, and then, kind of have that, you know, that that um, that high being in Times Square, because New York is kind of when you're thinking about big, you're thinking about New York or one of the bigger cities, and so that was truly an experience. I promise you, when you go to the Library of Congress, your jaw will drop. It is it is pinnacally complimentary to the Times Square experience. I wanted to give you a chance before we go to break. You wrote accolades here, and you wrote a dedication. I wanted you to. I want you to share with names who this book was dedicated to. And if you can be brief, because we're going to break. Yeah, so I dedicated the book to um, to my wife, uh, Rhonda, and my daughter, Allison. And then several of my business partners, uh, Lisa Marie, Selena, um, Stan Highsmith, a couple of my partners that have just said, Brian, you just need to get something down on paper. Um, and then... Uh, Lisa Marie actually pushed me. She goes, okay, if you're not going to write it, hire a ghostwriter to help you and just get something where you can edit it and get moving. And, of course, that push between her and my family really got me over that edge, I think, for, for the dedication. Only, so, uh, there's, something called, there's something called getting something on paper. That's getting something on paper, right? That's right. This is, this is actually downloading your mind, your heart, 
and your IP, your intellectual property. My intellectual property, that's right. So, and then of course, I also had a little uh, section where I dedicated to five men that I thought had really impacted my life. Uh, first one, uh, a gentleman from the farm, uh, John Stone, uh, who's a, a leg amputee, and we still want yeah, to learn about 30 seconds, Ryan. Yeah, about 30 uh, seconds. Anyway, definitely, uh, as you look at life, there's people that affect you. And when you have an opportunity to reflect on how they impacted your life, you want to get it down. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to actually say, share the other four, as well as going to your purpose and your impact. I did want to congratulate you. I mean, having Burger King, I mean, BK, right as one of your big sponsors, that is, that's massive. Say it. I keep it simple. <laughs> All I, right. Too many people can't say, I uh, don't know how to spell Brian, so I just took the Brian away. So we don't have the I or the Y conversation. Just call it BK and we're good. And he'll tell you the story when we get back about this R because this R has a lot of significance. It's not just about relationship. It has a lot of a story of where, how you did it, why you did it, and where it's going to take you, right? So Absolutely. this will get you a better 2024. We'll be back in a minute or two. <clears throat> Beautiful book. Stay tuned because Brian's going to share with you. And if you know a strategist that belongs in Checkmate, you need to connect with Brian or myself because we are looking for the top strategists in the United States. We'll do the world next, but the United States – that will help you have a more efficient life, more profitable business. That's right. Conquer the world one bridge at a time. Amen. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info 
at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, this is Ken Roshan back in sunny Maryland. We had a little bit of snow. I thought I wasn't going to make it back from Florida. Brian, I'm telling you, you go on these long tours. I mean, you said you go for a month or two months at a time. I'm I, I'm not uh, built that way. I don't know how you do it, but uh, I just did a 12-day, and I went from Rhode Island to New York to Colorado Springs to Dallas to Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood Beach and back home. And I'll tell you, I'm glad to be back. And I, I, love, I, I love traveling, though, because traveling is the balance of impact. When you travel, you're out of your comfort zone. When you travel, you meet people you just couldn't meet unless you're traveling. And I mean, even if you're on a plane, you can meet people that can change your life. I wanted to uh, just remind people that this young lady, Michelle Moraz, is how I met indirectly Walter. I mean, it's crazy, but if it wasn't for her book and her invitation to that event, I wouldn't have met Walter. And we have since done some other uh, compilation books. And I found just in this trip that we have three lanes, Brian. We have oh, wow. a link. We have a lane for future leaders, children's books, okay? We have a lane for people like you, which are heart-centered leaders, leaders that are making a difference in the world, have strategies, have uh, epiphanies and expertise in a certain area of their life that would cause your life to be better. That's that. And then the third lane is compilations, making tribes happen. You have all these amazing relationships with strategists, but until you bring them together in a book, there, it's not a tribe, and it doesn't cause you to be the king of strategy, which I really do believe only because of your relationships that you are the king. Because when you have a tribe of people that are all strategists and they identify you as remarkable, it starts causing you to make the tribe more important in life. So I want to just give a quick shout out to Becoming the Better You. This was shown at the event at the uh, New York, and then you recall this was at Times Square as well. Superheroes, yes. And if it wasn't for, um, where's my, here it is. If it wasn't for your deck of success with uh, Rich Parsons, I wouldn't come up with the card game. So this is a deck, meaning a deck of cards. And your deck of success is actually playing cards with people that make your success better. Well, I just simply said to you, there's not a better deck you could make than a strategy deck. Absolutely. Because when so, you play cards, it's about strategy, right? Right. And you're, we're delivering actually technically 104 strategies. 52 are business and 52 are personal. Personal is correct. That's right. And we're calling uh, the strategies for personal more of a hack, the hack of living life better. And I think it's cool because when your business strategies are in place, your life gets better. But when your personal hacks are in place, your business also gets better. Correct. Yeah. So this is probably honestly one of the most exciting projects because i always look at leveraging and leveraging is, a, is an aspect of strategy it's taking variables and saying well what if you put them together like what if you have a gas car and you have an electric car and you make a hybrid car okay and you, so you you get these all these amazing things that happen when you combine things together so i just want to say i'm super excited about that uh as a little oh i, I did show this one didn't i this was where women did i show that one no i would seen that one but she's one of the people desiree cruz that showed me when you do it right, you do it again. She's got the pink version of this volume too. And I went to Colorado Springs and two of the women that are in here edified me on stage. They, they said, you got to listen to this guy. And so, you know, when people say that, the room gets fuller. It doesn't, it doesn't disappear. Right? So I just want to, oh, and there's one last one I want to show. <clears throat> this one. I'm connecting you with this guy. J.R. Spear is like you. He's a strategist. I want to say in meeting J.R. Spear, 
I know how important you are. Now, I know how important you are because strategy is so important. But J.R. Spear is the kind of person that he sees there's something missing in your business, just like you. And when he puts that piece in, all of a sudden you're driving at 10x. And that is really a way of looking at strategy. You're moving at this pace, this velocity, that you're going to get to where you're supposed to go no matter what. We have a strategy. Right. Don't you want to get there faster? <laughs> faster, safer, smarter, and more well off. Yes, indeed. So we have this. Um, well, I want to tell you, you actually caused me to, uh, between you and JR and a couple other people, I'm going to make a veteran book that's going to be a birthday, a Key Smiling Veteran birthday book where you celebrate a veteran a day. So hey. you made the cut, by the way, Brian. You made the cut. And uh, I think I think that's enough show and tell. But just so you are clear, in 2024, if you have not done a book, Brian is telling you that doing a book causes you to step into what you know and learn more about what you know so you can actually deliver more of what you do. And I wrote this book. This is my 47th book. It's a, it's a funny little book called <laughs> The Ten Mistakes. I gave this to you, right? No, you no, I don't have a copy, but it's pretty funny. You showed it to me. But I was at Craig's event, the one that uh, Rock Your Life, where I met Gwalter. And he says, you got you can do five books. You can write a book about quotes. You can write a book about this or that. And then he says, you can even write a book about 10 mistakes you can make in your business. And I said, I'm going to write a book called 10 Mistakes When Writing a Mistake Book. And, and Brian, I want, you to, I want you to come up with something better than this quotation here. It says, biggest mistake I ever made was not reading this before doing my mistake book. I've got one like that when I was working on my dissertation in the name of this surviving your dissertation. Did you? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting book. You, you wrote that? No, no, it's one that uh, somebody encouraged me to read. To remind, okay. remind you when you're doing your, your dissertation for your PhD that it's a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. No, it, and by the way, so is uh, your book success. It, yeah. You know, I was just writing this morning um, – <clears throat> that the reason people don't make it with their book is they're so focused on the book and not what the book can do. Right. And what the book can do <clears throat> is a marathon. It, it, it's like you, you have a, you have a daughter. Correct. Yeah. Allison. Yeah. Allison. She's very remarkable. She's, she helps you with graphics. She's just technically proficient. And I, I want to give a shout out to her because your family causes you to be better but you are a leader that causes them to step into their power, just like you're causing your clients to step in their power. And I, I just, I believe that when you have those right people in, you can show up as the one you want to show up as a leader, the leader, the presenter, the person who's solving the problem. So we didn't go into your purpose. When did you find your purpose in life? And, well, and what that purpose is. Yeah. And some people say, well, I'm still trying to figure out what I'll do when I, when I grow up. Right. Right. I think the purpose for me is I've always tried to make everybody around me better. That's why when I met Galter and his mission to grow to grow millionaires was something I can get around because I've always hired people, worked with people. I've tried to get them education. I've tried to get them training. I've tried to mentor them in the direction they wanted to go. And I've spent my whole life doing that for people. To, well, I'd say try to make them better people. Uh, the ones that don't want to be better, um, a good um, consultant or counselor that I met one time, he said, when you try three times and they're still doing the same thing, just leave them because they're not going to change. Move and take your effort and move to somebody else and continue working with people to make them better. 
And I, I want to interject something, Brian, please. Yeah. Most times when people use the word try, it's a, it's a failure word. I, I will say that when Brian's using the word try, he's actually integrating, inspiring, and causing things that could happen potentially. And they're not taking advantage of this beautiful wisdom or these, these tips. Yeah, of, yeah. Because, because try is a word that is uh, kind of a escape word and you're not using it as a escape word. You're using it as you're very involved in helping people get where they need to go. And sometimes they don't listen. And sometimes they don't take the actions that would inevitably, it's a very weird thing, Brian, this is the weirdest thing I'm, I'm trying to figure out in 2024 is when someone has an opportunity to 10 X their impact in the world or their abundance, and they say, I'll pass. No, they say, I'm good. Isn't that a funny expression? I'm good. I'm good. And they'll tell you, yeah, let's do it. And then. Crickets? No action. Right? And it's uh, life too short for no action. You know, and even when I was on uh, one of my talks recently, I said, folks, lack of a decision is a decision. You have just delegated your authority to make the decision to someone else. Yes. And as I coach, mentor, work with people, whatever you want to call it, that's what I tell them. Make a decision. You know, it's that's part of the problem we have, uh, you know, across the nation. Is we've got too many people that want to talk about stuff and not make decisions. If we just make decisions, <clears throat> you're going to make some decisions. you got to kind of tweak a little bit or fix a little bit or regroup, not backtrack. Backtrack's not what we need to do. We made a decision based on the information we had. So we have to live with it. It's our damn decision. And if we do that as leaders, we'd be much further along in our personal and professional life. You know, my son said something to me um, last night on our phone call. He said, I don't know if I want to go to Florida. And that's where you live, Brian. You want to? He just hadn't been down there yet. No, no, but you you know why he said no? There was I said, well, why? He says, well, Daddy, it's dangerous down there. There's hurricanes. There's all kinds of stuff. And I said, I've been to Florida at least a hundred times. I've never been impacted by a hurricane. What did he say? He actually was pondering that. He he's not through it. And I said, Kenny, you're going to have to make a decision if you're going to do things that make a difference in the world, or you just want to be safe. I mean, that really is it. And and that was a a really tough daddy comment because i actually said next year you think daddy's playing big i'm gonna play way bigger next year and i hope you're with me there we go gotta set those goals <laughs> so this this uh is r they are i want to talk about that r in three ways one okay. i want to talk about it from the standpoint of the cover needing some improvement that was number one two i want to talk about how we did improve it and three i want to talk about what it really is okay three things so when you gave this to me, that R looked a little like that E, like it was the same. It looked like the I was missing in there. Yeah. And it's funny, but not all publishers or people that care about impact would say, okay, we can do that. We can rock that. But I was very adamant in the beginning. I said, we got a problem. I can't market this. Because that there makes you look like you don't know how to spell. And Correct. it doesn't even say what the R is. But I love it's like when you mistake book. There's a whole bunch of errors on the front cover. <laughs> you got it. Oh, by the way, I was able to say for the first time that Amazon rejected me because they were trying to protect me from looking like an idiot. They said, "You're you can't. Your book is misspelled on your title." And I said, <laughs> I had, "Al Al Granger had to call them, call oh, them, and say 
this is intentional. And they and so when you look up the 10 mistakes spelled with yeah, it's, it's mistake right. with a steak like a piece of meat, right? Yeah. Exactly. They actually they actually say um what you mean is and they still give me the book, but they they have to, their programming, their algorithm says you won't let to, <laughs> so this R factor, this lovely R has a lot of meaning to you in so many ways. One, it has your daughter involved and has your wife involved. And then also it's why you did your first book. I mean, this is massive. Right. So take your time, share the story of all three of those. Yeah, so we, we saw the cover. We we're very happy with, with kind of the picture of the cover. And then you and I started talking about how we need to market it. Should I be on the front of the cover? You know, the globe and the chess pieces, global strategy, right? Because that, that's really... The, what I'm trying to do with the world. Uh, my daughter, Allie, or Allison, she owns Allie Scene, which is a, a small marketing and, and uh, graphics company. She and I sat down and we started playing with the R. We started playing with some of the other pieces to it. And uh, while she and I were figuring out the back of the book, she kind of had a brainstorm in idea. And uh, her mother's name, her, her mother, my wife's name is Rhonda. She texted her, said, hey, can you send us over your signature and look at it? So she made, took the R out of her signature, put it up on the book and doc, I'm going to say doctored it, but kind of cleaned it up a little bit. So it's really the cover has got all three of us on the front page and um, which is, was the first company we did together. Matter of fact, I'm wearing my shirt today, uh, K3 Enterprises. Um, <laughs> K3. K3. <laughs> and K3 Enterprises, that was the first company that I started, me, my wife, and my daughter. And, and now my first book has me, my wife, and my daughter on the cover. So it's fitting that uh, it go goes together. But the key thing is the R means relationships, right? So it's the relationship of your family, your friends, your workers, your coworkers, your, uh, in the book I go into the relationship you have with your vendors and your customers, uh, with people in other departments. And it's not just about process and product, but it's about people. You know, we can use all the AI we want. We can use all the robotics we want. Somebody still had to think about putting that robot in the building. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was some person. So uh, I don't think we're getting away from relationships anytime soon. I think our education system needs a major overhaul because it is about relationships and planning for the future. Uh, I've had two opportunities. You know, the Lord, Lord has blessed me. I was given an opportunity to go with the Eisenhower, Eisenhower Foundation in Spain and talk about the workforce of the future and how they'll educate, not just our education system, but education system globally have to adapt to the way technology pushes forward. You know, it's, it's not an agriculture or industrial revolution anymore. It is an information dominance society now. And the other one uh, just... Uh, after you and I met, Ken, I told you a little bit about it, was the space force of the future. What does the space economy of 2050 look like? And the first question I asked as a strategist to the person that was the MC, I said, okay, well, first of all, what do you think the jobs are in the space economy in 2035? Let's not talk about 2050. I said, we got to cut no, shorter. I said, because we may not even pump fuel into rockets in 2035 when we put it in there today. Mm. I said, so, so we've got to define... And I lay this out in the book. You have to define where you want to go, but then you got to talk about, you know, those are your goals. Now let's talk about the accomplishments. What are those incremental steps we need to achieve to get there? So anyway, but it's, and it's relationship driven. It's, uh, 
every one of those goals, somebody's going to help you. Somebody, like you said, your tribe or your team, right? Yeah, can I, I'd like to cut in for a second because when you add relationship, people don't do the math. The math is actually overwhelming. So when I bring you into a project with my relationship with you, so I play big with you, I break bread with you, I, I unconditionally give to you. I get a guy that gives me 30,000 hours of expertise. I get a guy that has gone through all the mistakes that could cost me 10,000, 100,000, even potentially a million dollars and not lose it. That's, those are really crazy R factors. They are. So it's the board of advisors and advisory teams, if you're an entrepreneur, are key. Get advisors you can trust, but get advisors to tell you the truth. If you've got an ugly baby, they need to tell you it's ugly, right? Or or if there's a problem. And that, um, I was doing some reading last night, but that's some of the problem we have in some of the companies in America right now is the boards are still just yes people instead of holding the management teams accountable and making them make decisions. But it's about the relationship. You bring those people in around you, one, because you trust them, but two, because like you just said, when I'm added on the board of advisors for a company, they want me to bring that thousands of hours of experience to make sure they don't make the same mistake. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, because I don't want to go reason to politics, but Abraham Lincoln, he put his enemies in his cabinet. He put the people that didn't like him because he needed he didn't want yes people. He actually wanted to make a difference and make yep. a difference. You actually have to take the hits to your ego. You do. You have to. Uh, you have to be able to. And, and, and then you, you got to know how to take that as critique mm-hmm. and not criticism, right? Because right. all they're trying to do is sharpen you to be a better leader. Right. You know, um, one of my favorite quotes, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Drucker, but it says, if you really want to make a, an idea fly, give credit to someone else. That's right. Always, <laughs> pro- always promote your teammates. Yes. Because they'll promote you. So I want to show, uh, we only have about five minutes left. So we got our rapid fire. I want to show people your experience a little bit. We're good with that? All right. I'm good. Go. I don't know. I haven't seen these pictures. Am I going to be good with All this? Right. Well, this, this is my presentation I did. Can you okay. see it? I got it. Okay. So it says vision, book, campaign, income. And I, and I re- the reason I say that is because if you don't have a vision, you can't get anywhere. And a vision with a strategy actually causes something. But what I love about you, Brian, is that you understand the word campaign. Campaign is 99% of the of the mechanism that causes the income. The book is actually 1%. But if you don't have a book, you don't have a campaign. So you got to have a book. So sure. this is Brian showing in with both hands his books. And this is a proud moment of me on the edge with my good friend Brian and showing the New Jersey side. He says, Ken, we need to see the New York side. So there's another pitch in New York. But my crowd loved when you were, I mean, you have fun, Brian. That's that's the important part. You have fun doing what you do. But in this little spot here is what is seated is going to be the next 30,000. Actually, it's probably more like 300,000 hours. Of, oh, yeah, absolutely. With 52 star strategists. And I'm going to skip ahead. And there it is. So the power of tribe. This was how we started. Hold my crown. This is how we created gamification. You see that international bestseller? Mm-hmm. That's going to be in both your books because you actually know that when you're doing something at a big level and the world accepts it, that you just 10x your income too. 
I asked this question boldly. I said, would you pay to have an international bestseller campaign if you had a strategist that caused you to have it? And every single person in the room, including you, you weren't in the room, but you, you edified the fact that this was going to happen, said yes, because you deserve it. You deserve it. And when you deserve it, you actually get to show that you accomplished it. So I, I want to make sure we have time for our rapid fire because we're down to four minutes. So I have some questions for you, Brian. So the okay. audience gets to know you a little better. What book changed your life? What book changed my life? I'd say probably two that probably equal would be Rich Dad Poor Dad, which taught me to think differently about me. And the other one was the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, and that made me look at business differently. Uh, and, and actually is probably some of the, uh, the thought leadership that helped me go out and write the R Factor. So thank you for that expansion. No more expansions, but that was a critical expansion. I want to say why. At age 18, my uncle, who is not the nicest guy in the world, he actually was called a jerk, and he was a Marine, a wonderful guy from a standpoint of what he did for our country, but not the nicest guy. And he was a strategist, ironically. You want to hear this? He gave sure. that to me. He gave that to me as my 18th birthday uh, book. Rich Dad Poor Dad? No, the, the E Myth. E Myth, gotcha. Okay. Can you imagine an 18 year old reading the E Myth? Yeah, uh, I taught a master's class out of it. Master's class. Yeah, go ahead. I dominated after that. So we can't do any more long answers. Okay. These are short. No, aren't. All right. Uh, yes. A movie that inspires you. Say again. A movie that inspires you. A movie that inspires me. Ooh. You heard these questions before. No, not this one. This was a new one. Uh, oh, a new movie. One. Um, it's the one with George Strait, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now, but it's the only movie he's done. And it's, uh, where he just has to, the, the world, he's gotten so... Oh, we'll, we'll, find, we'll find it. We'll put the link. Fair enough? Yeah, fair enough. All right, we're down, to, we're down to one minute. Here we go. Um, song that gets you going. Song that gets me going? Sitting on the dock of the bay. That's a good one. Otis? Here we go. Um, who would you like to meet you haven't met? Who would I like to meet? I just answered this question this morning. I'd say either Elon Musk or Donald Trump. Let's go with both. Get them both. You're, you deserve I did them both. To two what, completely what, different strategists. What, uh, what quote do you live by? There's nothing you can't do. Nothing you can't do. That is concise. That is beautiful. Brian, I, I, I want to show you that you help make this bigger. You help make, because that's New York. That's right. That's, that's the norm. That's right. Keep you embraced a gentleman named Kevin Wright from Jamaica, and you said, I want to have his number. I want to talk to him. And you and I had a conversation like, it's funny, but you need a team because people have certain things they can deliver. And Kevin delivers. I owe him a book still, too. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if I gave it to him, but we, I'm going to see him on the 17th. I'm going out to Kansas City. He's getting a, a, his, his graduation certificate. Okay. From Jamaica to, to New York. Indirectly to meet you. Yep. And awesome. And we're going to meet you same bolt because remember that that uh, video I showed you? Oh, yeah. Fastest, so, fastest runner on the globe. So in 10 seconds, I got to say, Brian, you're my brother. I've amplified your leadership, your inspiration, how you create community in the world. And I can't wait to do the strategy book with you. So this is Ken Rashawn and Amplified. If you know strategists that are making a difference in the world, bring them to Brian and myself. 
and we'll include them in the strategy deck and in the Checkmate book we're doing. See you next week. Stay Amplified. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.